You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Jonathan's, welcome to the Fully Occupied Podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thanks for having us, Matt. Awesome. Really appreciate you guys coming on and kind of, you know, telling the square foot story and giving us your take on tech enabled brokerage and how you guys are differentiating the, uh, the brokerage experience um, in these crazy times. So with that, um, you know, why don't you guys introduce yourself? We've got two Jonathans on the line, so maybe you can differentiate for us here. Uh, you can call me Wass and you can call the other one to tell. Uh, Wasson Tutel, there we go. Uh, yeah, and thanks again for having us. I'll kind of tell you my quick background, why we started, what we started and where we're going, and uh, Tutel will uh, do the same. Um, you know, I've been in real estate for almost 15 years now, started doing capital markets work at JLL, uh, lived through the last recession, which was uh, not the most lucrative time to be doing capital markets work, but I learned a ton, and moved to New York for business school, and shortly after that started, got a call from friend of mine who was looking for space for his last company he thought he could find it online so that's where he checked you could not so my phone rang jonathan uh how the hell do you do this and after a couple of those conversations saw there's a whole bunch of pain points that companies uh feel when it comes to finding transacting occupying real estate so we started building square foot to fix that so the fine piece you have squarefoot.com which brings transparency to the market the same way when you're looking for a house or an apartment you have zillow for office space, you have square foot. Uh, secondly, we have a brokerage team uh, here in-house. Uh, we believe that uh, real estate transactions of all shapes and sizes need that trust advisor uh, next to you. And along the way, we're building uh, products and services uh, from a tech perspective and otherwise uh, that make our clients, leave, our clients' lives uh, easier, more enjoyable and efficient. So there's apps for the brokers, there's apps for the clients, uh, along the way, the last couple of years, we've seen an increased desire uh, on behalf of tenants for more flexibility with their lease terms. So we bought Pivot Desk, which you can think of like Airbnb for office space. And we launched a service line here called Flex, uh, which brings uh, short-term flexibility to our clients as well. Yeah, lots to unpack there. And let's hit on, let's hit on those um, different segments uh, throughout this conversation. Uh, Jonathan Tutel, what's your... Uh... What's your background? Sure. Give us so, your take. Um, came up to Cushman and Wakefield right out of school, University of South Carolina, was an analyst for two years um, and basically was doing the commission calcs for the brokers and realizing how much money they were making. Um, and, <laughs> and it you know, seemed like a, uh, something that I might want to pursue. And I got an opportunity to join the biggest team at Cushman and Wakefield uh, at the time. And we transitioned uh, from being their full-time analyst uh, over to being a broker um, and sort of joined them for the ride for seven years, uh, moved over to some other big shops in Newmark, 
uh, Transwestern, um, and then the opportunity with Square Foot came along. And having seen for 15 years um, how the traditional shops sort of view um, view the industry and very much so how they want to keep everything uh, internalized so that the the tenant or uh, or potential client needs them. Um, always thought that was very interesting, and and there had to be a way to to get through that and to make all the information transparent so that the tenants can actually really make an informed decision. And, and what we want to do at Square Foot is, is get them that information and then be their trusted advisor. Um, so when I met Jonathan Wasserstrom, um, it was a sort of a natural uh, transition to come in and run the brokerage team. And, and, you know, we've been very lucky to get some, some very qualified, we'll talk about that more, but some very qualified 15 to 30 year veterans to come over uh, and join our team. So we're very excited about that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the tenant perspective here? Cause um, you guys have a platform that differs like so uh, widely from the traditional um, big corporate uh, real estate firm outsourcing. How, how does the, your model changed the experience for the tenant. Yeah, I like mean, start no to offense to those guys, process. or maybe some offense to those guys, but I don't think they really have the tenant's best interests at heart. Um, you know, the opacity is the name of the game. The less uh, the tenant knows, the better for the broker, because then, you know, the broker is then value add because without that broker involved, um, the tenant has zero idea of what to do. We think that the tenant can know a lot and a more educated tenant is a better tenant and a better client. And if a broker, uh, if all they're bringing to the table is access to inventory, then they're going to be dodo birds uh, in the future. Um, data wants to be free. You've seen in every other industry. Um, like there aren't stockbrokers anymore. That doesn't mean there aren't advisors that tell that advise people on what stocks to buy. But if you're only value add is, hey, the third floor is available there. Uh, I think you have another thing coming, which gets back to kind of how we started, right? Which is to be able to go online and see what's available. That seeing what's available um, just tells you what's available, doesn't do a transaction for you. And uh, brokers, good brokers, trust advisors uh, are invaluable in that process, right? The average tenant, especially the average small, medium-sized business, you know, doesn't go through this process every day, doesn't have a dedicated real estate team. Um, so they need help with that. So brokers are extremely valuable um, for certain parts of it. And for us, it's actually getting to blend uh, the technology and the team to provide a seamless experience for that client. And where technology can do something better than a broker can, than a person can, we're using technology. But there's a hundred things that we do every day here for our clients at Square Foot where there will in my definitions of the world or views of the world, never be able to be uh, replaced uh, by a real person. Um, you know, these are big transactions. You know, in the industry, we like to talk about small transactions, right? Um, the smallest transaction that some guy at fill in the blank big brokerage shop is talking about is actually the biggest transaction for that client, right? If I have a 10 person company, my lease is the same second largest line item on my uh, PNL after my headcount, um, which is the same thing we always talked about in the traditional world, which is, you know, make sure that you don't get screwed in this process um, because real estate's your second largest expense. And that's true for companies 
uh, both big and small. And because of all the technology we've built and because of that listings platform uh, that essentially gets clients to us, uh, we're able to work much more, uh, much smaller transactions, a whole, a whole hell of a lot more efficiently, which makes it uh, a great experience for our clients and for the brokers who work here. And then in the just a day-to-day touring process, the, right. the, the way that you think about a traditional tour happening with a ton of paper, pen and paper, uh, sorry, ton of printed out paper and client walking around trying to take pictures on her iPhone and trying to take notes uh, on the nice little printout you gave her. Uh, it's a complete pain in the ass. So there's an app for that, even though it sounds like a 2012 Verizon commercial. You talk a little bit about some of the like detailed things they can do with your tech. And then like, what do you want to build? Like what tech don't you want to build? Like what is your technology roadmap look like? Because we've all worked at the big firms and they have these massive IT departments that try to build everything for everybody. What, what's the vision? Look, there? There's um, some things I don't find very interesting that we don't find very interesting, which is like, how do you sign a document online? Um, one of the reasons why that's not very interesting, by the way, is that landlords still want wet signatures. We can unpack why that's the case some other time, but it is. And by the way, there's already uh, solutions that exist like DocuSign and uh, whatever else. So we don't need to be building that. So stuff that we build are the things that don't exist otherwise, right? So that's the listings platform that brings transparency. That's the broker app that helps them navigate the market. That's the client app that uh, enables them to aggregate a whole bunch of information while they're on tours. And by the way, let's say Toots and I are partners uh, and we're clients now and uh, Toots is on the road. I take a whole bunch of pictures. Uh, how do I then share that with him, right? So all that happens uh, through our tour book client experience. Uh, you know, I've talked to clients who uh, pull up our tour book in the middle of a board, uh, board meeting and say, these are the 10 spaces we saw. These are the three ones we liked. And here's all the pictures, notes, and video supporting it. Um, so it's really kind of unpacking every step of that client journey from, hey, I want to see what's available on the market all the way uh, to a closed transaction. And then each step saying, is tech better or is person better? And we're not, we're not dogmatic about either of those. Right. Some things are better tech, some things are better person. Right. And this could be a good question for Toots because I, I would suspect that anybody that has like less than 10 years of brokerage experience or for that matter, just like work experience is going to come into a job and expect that level of technology to just be there to help them not only provide the service to their client, but also... Um, you know, collaborate with their, their coworkers. It just seems like that would just be like almost a given, but that's obviously not the case in this industry. So Jonathan, to tell, like, tell us a little bit about how you position and pitch your uh, model to that young, less than 10 year veteran broker who is potentially frustrated with, you know, the status quo at their current firm. Um, it's actually pretty easy um, because as, you, as you've mentioned, <laughs> we've all been there, right? Uh, everyone on this call has been there. And if there's any evidence, um, it's that the senior partners are trying to bring in young folks to milk them for what they're worth um, and try to get meetings to make sure that they're out canvassing and foot canvassing so that they can the senior partner can be taken to meetings and then Unfortunately, typically what happens is the 
uh, junior broker gets pushed aside if it's a real situation or a real tenant. And let's just say, you know, the, the larger the requirement becomes, the less the junior who brought it in is actually involved. Um, and that's certainly something that we want to uh, eliminate where we are. Uh, we love when folks are out canvassing and bringing in their own business. But what we're able to do is teach them because we have so much coming through the platform, we're able to um, engage those younger brokers, put them out on the street to learn on the smaller deals. Um, and that's where they cut their teeth. And that's where we think that they become a better broker faster. It's because they start to understand the market. They're not just sitting chained to their desk uh, with a phone and uh, well, we don't have phone books anymore, but uh, a search engine looking for you know people to call. We think it's important that they get out, they meet people, they meet other brokers, they meet landlords, they complete deals. And as they start to you know close transactions, then we're able to move them up the rungs. Um, and so if you are 10 years or younger in this business, we can help you. And certainly we have the, the tools as, as Wass has alluded to, to enable you to be more efficient, right? To work smarter. Um, and that's really what we wanna do is, is take this to the next level so that like Wass said in the beginning, there's things that brokers will always have to do, uh, marry the two, right? The tenant and the landlord. We think that is the case that so we're always going to need a tenant, uh, is always going to need a representative, but the things that we can uh, replace and make more efficient, uh, that's what we want to do for our brokers. Yeah. It sounds like one of them is the creation of leads. Um, you guys are t coming at it at a completely different angle uh, from the traditional brokerage firm, the foot canvassing idea. I used to do it all the time and that's where you would literally find most of your business, but yeah. it was so inefficient and it was just completely, you know, abstract to most people that are answering like a doorbell and you want to talk to them about their lease. Like it, just, it was just a weird experience for everybody. So talk a little bit about how you guys like qualify leads through your platform. It sounds to me like if someone's actually actively looking for space on your platform, that's a pretty warm lead versus like me knocking on like the door of a law firm and hoping their lease expires within yeah. the next two years. Yeah. So that's, I'll, I'll start Wass and you can jump in, but it's, it's sort of twofold. Um, one, we have what we call inbound. Um, so we have business development representatives. You know, we know that brokers only have their time. That's it. Then they spend, if we're being honest, 80% plus of trying to generate more business. Um, and so we have an inbound group who is qualifying these leads that come through the platform and making sure that we have the correct information to make it a viable uh, opportunity. And then it's handed off to one of our brokers, uh, the appropriate broker, given the size, the location, uh, et cetera. The other thing that we've um, really started to uh, get win, you know, uh, in our sales is our outbound team, which is a little bit more of your traditional canvassing. We have a team of folks who um, it's not just cold calling for them though. And it's not just going and knocking on doors. We're using tech uh, to enable them to reach, you know, larger groups of people um, and setting up cadences and setting up, um, you know, uh, delivering emails at the appropriate time so that, you know, oh, we'll be thinking about this in six months and it's already set up and they don't even have to think about it. So we're, we're playing the, um, you know, we're playing the tech for all that it's worth on our outbound team as well. And those folks are getting meetings. And as soon as they get a meeting, 
that also goes to our brokers. And then we know we have another person that has a, a, a live requirement. Yep. So you got the inbound, you got the outbound. It almost sounds like what we do here at Occupier, which is typically like a much more efficient sales process than relying on either relationships or, you know, for um, no, I was just going to make my shitty that joke too? that if somebody's online looking, they're either actually looking for office space or they need a new hobby. Uh, on the back. <laughs> interesting hobby yeah surfing the web for a cool office space is i think there was a previous podcast we had with ryan Massiello from vts and james scott of mit where he used the term real estate porn but we were talking about the residential side like the hgtv the sure, million sure. dollar listing there you know there isn't one of those for, there, for there commercial won't. yet and i hope there I isn't mean, ever. in all seriousness like if you're, you know <laughs> at the end of the day like your office space is for your office it's your business decision right and there's no, look, I'll say this as CEO, like, I'm not like, oh, when we raise a trillion dollars, I can't wait to go get the penthouse floor of Grace building. So I'm going to start looking at, at offices there now. However, I'm sure people know uh, people in their lives who spend a ton of time looking at penthouse apartments uh, in Central Park. And it's very different because you have different, like, the yeah, um, you don't look yeah, for office space there. unless you're really bored. Yeah, or you've been assigned the you're qualified tenant of doing it. So, um, or or your qualified tenant that needs space and they need it now. Um, all right, cool. So we touched on like junior brokers. We touched on the tech, how that differentiates it, the expectation that these people have when just like getting a new job to begin with. Like, if I'm like a thirty-year vet, tri-state Manhattan or any other market that you guys are in or looking to expand in, like, why would I? Other than my good that. jokes and two tells, good looks. Yeah, um, in, in I the mean, eventual look, penthouse the, office. The, and two tell can talk a lot better about this than I will. But you know, a little more than a year ago, Michael Colacino joined. Right, Colacino used to uh, run Studley um, for like 15, 20 years until they sold to uh, Savills a handful of years ago. Uh, what a lot of people don't know about him, and I don't know if he cares that I'm telling this. I guess it's not private, but. For the first 10 years of his career, he was in tech. Um, and then he spent the last 20 years at Studley, essentially slamming his head against the wall saying, why the F, he, not as sailor-like as I am, so he doesn't curse, but why the heck don't we use any technology here? And by the way, Savills is one of the more tech-forward companies because they had Colacino uh, at the helm. But that doesn't happen anywhere right. else, right? And I think it then comes down to, whether you are a 20-year guy or a 30-year guy or a 10-year guy, uh, what does the future look like and do you want to be part of that? Because um, you know what the old world looks like. My, my old boss from jail who was texting me as recently this morning, I'm sure still has uh, his admin print out his contacts on a on 411 by 17 piece of paper, staples them together and sticks them in his backpack. And there's just a better way. <laughs> um, Tutel can talk a lot more about that, but um, you know it, it boils down to: Do you want to be part of the future, or do you want to be part of the past? Yeah, cer certainly does. Um, and I guess just to add to that a little bit, when you're a um, you know twenty year, twenty five year, fifteen thirty uh, year broker, um, you typically want to bring people on, right? You want to build a team. You want to have something that's your own. You know, the companies that uh, the traditional company looks to you to cover that person. They look to you um, to make sure that that 
broker has uh, enough on their plate to keep them busy slash make enough commissions that they can pay back those wonderful draws um, that, uh, you know, all too many junior brokers are, are familiar with. Um, here at Square Foot, we're able to, we have enough juniors that we're able to let the senior person work with whoever they want to. Uh, and we're actually, because of our lead generation, helping those junior brokers and providing them with leads and opportunities and turning them into clients, which then turn into, you know, completed transactions. Um, so that's another reason. Uh, I would also say that those folks who aren't at the very top, and I think we all know who is at the very top of each firm, there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling for everybody. Um, and so, right. you know, when a great lead comes into the company from California and they have a New York requirement, there's a, there's a very small list of people who are going to get a, a look at that opportunity, potentially. Um, and so it's very difficult uh, for, for people to break through to the next level. Um, and, you know, like I said in, at the beginning, we want to make uh, our brokers more efficient so that they have more time to be out completing transactions and, and becoming those trusted advisors for tenants. Yeah. And you're part of building something too, right? Like you're not just coming in as a, another um, office or desk with a quota and a number. Completely. Like it sounds like you have a story to tell here. You guys have raised a bunch of money and you're crushing it. Like what, what are the plans for the future here? Are you guys looking to expand geographically? Are you looking to expand headcount wise? All of the above? Is it, is it more investing in tech? What are the next two uh, yeah, or three years? All look of that, like for, right. So we brought on Tutel joined us at the beginning of this year uh, to help us build out New York. He's done a fantastic job there. You know, he alluded to a few guys that we uh, had joined, uh, kind of spring, summer, fall, um, which I guess he can brag about in a second. I don't want to take his thunder. Um, so, yeah, going much, much deeper here in New York, uh, starting to plant our flags in a bunch of the other major markets. Uh, you know, commercial real estate leasing is a problem. Um, and I guess what we would call the NFL cities, right? The same challenges that uh, my buddy felt here in New York uh, with access to inventory and um, all the other stuff we talked about at the top of the hour, happens in LA and Chicago and Atlanta, uh, Nashville, Dallas, Houston, and we can keep on going. Um, so more markets, uh, and then to keep building out the product suite, um, you know, for us, when we bought pivot desk and launched flex, that was to continue doubling down on the trends we were seeing around flexibility. Um, look, we have a ton of data coursing through our system and we have a ton of, uh, client interactions every day that tell us, who's looking for what, where, and where the different holes in the process are. So we have a crack product team that then looks at all those different steps um, and says, how do we fix that? How do we make that better? Where do you see uh, third-party systems like ours and, and other kind of innovators in the prop tech space kind of adding value to the broker and the client experience? So I'll jump in here because I've been probably using it the most. Um, and organizationally um you know it's one of the better products i've i've experienced um and i think what it'll do for brokers who are traditionally unorganized um and also behind in the times uh as as uh, was alluded to with his uh the printout for his old boss um going in the backpack traditionally you have a, a group of people who are trying to keep a pulse on their business 
Um, brokers are using Excel spreadsheets. They're using pieces of paper, sticky notes that they you know, attach to their computer. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. There needs to be one centralized place um, for those, you know, for those items. I think what lets occupiers sort of rise to the top is that you're breaking down your client when you complete a transaction um, and we're putting in a lease abstract and we're putting in the notice provisions or the financial, um, you know, requirements of the lease. Um, what are the critical dates? Those are all things that currently just live in a lease. So a broker completes a deal. That lease gets that PDF of that lease gets attached somewhere. It's saved in a Google Drive or, or saved to their uh, even worse their desktop, um, and then that just sits there until there's a problem. Um, and what what we have seen historically, um, and this isn't just for square foot, but even anywhere else I've been, um, is that you miss critical dates or you miss notice periods. Um, a tenant forgets that they have, and this is, you know, credit to occupier, uh, a security deposit burn down that they hadn't cashed in on. So being alerted that uh, that you have that coming up. We also experienced a, a given this time, you know, the, the market that we're in, we experienced when we put in one of the abstracts that there was a termination coming up that the client didn't even know that they had, uh, or they knew, but they had forgotten about it. Um, and they had asked us to do a lease review and we did, and we put it in occupier and, and all of a sudden there was a lease termination that they were able to negotiate with their landlord um, and, and, you know, get some rent relief during this, during this very trying time. So, you know, without occupier, I think those two things, um, they certainly don't happen on time and, and maybe they never happen uh, because they, you know, the tenant just forgets yeah. about it after they sign the lease. Yeah, listen, I mean, brokers are salespeople. They're, they're employed to make money and that's like the, the top priority. And then um, right behind that, if, if not equal is the, you know, protecting the client. And if, if you have, you know, your mind in both of those, switching back between those, both of those contexts constantly, there's, there's just like no way you're going to be able to stay on top of all your biz dev stuff and all of your client relationship stuff. So that's great to hear. I mean, that's, it sounds so simple, but just the profession itself is, is so fragmented that it just ends up being just this land of missed opportunities. But, um, you know, it takes brokers like you guys who understand the value of the technology to kind of pull this industry forward into the, to the next century. Um, just real quick while we're in this weird time that Toots mentioned, what's the market like down there in New York? How, how are you guys seeing it either further deteriorate or recover? What are your predictions for like when, you know, things somewhat get back to normal, not from like going back to the office perspective, but like market fundamentals and how can tenants be looking at the market today? So I think uh, in the last month, right. So a little bit after Labor Day, I think people started to, to rear their heads again and, and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the market? What we've seen since then is really an influx of, of tenants who are looking to tour who, who want to go out and see what types of deals um, are out there. I think there's a, um, you know, I guess it's fortunate for some of our clients who are looking for a good deal, um, but the sublease market continues to grow. Uh, it seems, seems like on a, a daily uh, 
or at least multiple times a week, you're seeing additional subleases come on the market, um, which ultimately means that it'll probably drive down direct pricing, which again is good for, you know, our clients, the tenant. Um, but, you know, overall, I think the market is still, um, you know, it's undefined. Uh, there's, there's people that have to deal with um, kids at home. Um, we have an election coming up. I don't want to hide behind that, but I do think it's on people's minds. Um, but I, I would say overall from seeing from our, our group of brokers that in the last two weeks, we had nine tours. Um, I would not have expected that. But there's people who have real requirements that um, need to make a decision. Um, and that's great. Yeah. Leases yeah, expire. For sure. Leases expire. Um, they've let them run out and they said, we're going to take the summer off and then we want to you know, get back into it. Um, and those folks are, are coming back around. And, and for us to have you know, uh, almost a, a tour a day for two weeks is, is, uh, is a very good signal for us. Um, and we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. Cool. Yeah, I um, actually caught a tweet from the CEO of a, a tech company in New York City. I won't I won't name the name the person, but it's quote, if anyone is wondering the state of office leasing at NYC, we're signing a one year lease on a space that's 45 percent larger than our current office at a third the price we're paying now. How is this possible? Right. You know, like, I think that person was coming it, from a is Weaver, that even I mean, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, WeWork's a really good example, Wasp. Like, what do you, I mean, obviously they're in the process of kind of rebuilding up that business. Are they shutting spaces down in New York City left and right? Is it, is it still as, as, is every tenant also uh, still looking? Yeah, at I mean, look, options? one of the reasons why we've leaned really hard into Flex and Pivot Desk over the last six months in, protect, in particular, in addition to the last two years, is because we saw an increasing uh, percentage of our, of the leads want shorter term spaces, right? You know, we're in a very uncertain time. Uncertainty uh, lends one to want more flexibility. Um, but, but by the way, here we define flexibility as just meaning not wanting to sign a 10-year lease, right? So like with our flex program, somebody can sign a two-year lease in a space that normally would be a five-year lease, right? So that's, that's really kind of the secret sauce there. Uh, we also have groups coming in looking for that same five or 10 years. It just depends on, on, on the specific client at a specific time. One of the things that always gets me whatever caught up when somebody asks like what's happening in the market uh, unrelated to like this specific time is the market is uh, made up of thousands of different companies, each of which uh, look very different from each other. Some people want long-term leases today. I mean, I saw a handoff come in mm -hmm. this week, wants a five to 10 year lease. Would I go in um, on CNBC to say today, that everybody wants five to 10 year leases? No. Uh, the next day, somebody comes in looking for two to three years. Do I say flexibility is the future? Yes, because by the way, two to three year terms weren't a thing five years ago when we started this, right? Uh, but trying to uh, bubble yep. everything down to just a talking point, and I know that's not what you were trying to do, uh, is a fool's errand um, because you want everything. And one of the most interesting things I think we've seen in the last six months is a um, multiplicative, multi whatever, multiplying the number of options available to a tenant, not just like in number of spaces, but in variety of options that an occupier can use for their office space. So it's not just WeWork. Um, there's literally six other 
types of solutions. Like we work being a catch-all for co-working, let's say, right? There's co-working, there's short-term, there's long-term, uh, there's furnished, yeah. there's not. You know, now we have clients that are talking about, great, we just want to be in the office two days a week, but with the whole team, how do we do that? Um, so we have people using Pivot Desk saying, great, we'll use our 5,000 square foot offers Tuesdays and Thursdays. You would occupy, I can use it Mondays and Wednesdays. So that's something that didn't exist because why the hell would that have been on the shopping yeah. list in December? But now it is. Yeah, we're seeing... Yeah, we're seeing, I mean, this is one of the things that like we are so excited about with Occupier is that the the traditional way of looking at the commercial real estate market, when I say market, I mean, you know, air quotes, market is always just been based on the inventory. And that's just not the case anymore. The market is really the demand and the optionality that the tenants have from a strategy standpoint. So when you look at what's the commercial real estate market, it really is like, what do tenants want? What do they need? And what is this vast kind of like spectrum of uh, requirements? Because the inventory is always going to be there. I mean, that's why it's, it's built. It's built there to catch the, the demand. So to your point, like there's going to be this massive shift in, in how companies start making real estate decisions. And it's going to be less based on like what's available in the market and what's the rent and how much free rent and TI am I going to get? And more of like, how is this landlord or this sub landlord or this space or this flex operator going to cater to my needs. I mean, and perfectly put. It's just, that's, it oh, is thanks. because yeah, it's, I mean, it's um, I, for the first time, you know, um, landlords in a long time, I, I have seen this, you know, sort of back in 08, 09, but um, landlords know that on their direct space, you know, we're going to have to give a furniture allowance to compete with a fully furnished uh, sublease opportunity. Right. Things of that nature that a landlord would never, you know, uh, would have never thought about in the last uh, nine to 10 years. So um, everything's on the table. And I think the, the, you know, your your outline of the market, which is what do we have to do to make this tenant comfortable to come here? Exactly. It's it's always going to be a tenant's market, just a matter of the fundamentals. Um, Awesome, guys. This has been great. Like I. I'm rooting for you guys. I think you guys are crushing it. We're hiring. I believe in the, the vision that you guys have and appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll provide a, a solid reference to anybody that's interested in looking. So um, when you guys open up a post up here in Boston, looking now, you'll be your, I'll be your number one fan. Um, but cool. Send me the job rec. Um, Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you joining the podcast. Good luck with everything. And uh, let's Thank catch you. up again. Enjoy your time, Matt.